And I hope that as we study the words, that we understand that we can be happy if we do things God's way. There are a lot of people who try to pursue happiness in and of itself, and they never find happiness. You don't find happiness by pursuing happiness. You find happiness by doing things God's way. In other words, if you do the things He blesses, then you'll be blessed. Does that make sense? And so Jesus is telling us what to do. If you want to be blessed, you do these things. And according to the text tonight, we can be satisfied. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. They shall be filled. Now the meaning of that phrase, shall be filled, it means to be satisfied, to be happy. Happy are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. That's what he's telling us. You and I can be satisfied. The problem seems to be in the ways that we try to obtain satisfaction. In 1965, there was a, some group called the Rolling Stones, and um, they, they wrote a song, released a song called, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. I have the lyrics here. Some of you know the lyrics. You, you sang them once at once a time. Listen to this. I can't get no satisfaction. And every English teacher in the United States of America cringes when she hears these, ling, ling, or they hear these, these, uh, this grammar here. I can't get no satisfaction. I can't get no satisfaction because I try and I try and I try and I try. I can't get no. I can't get no. When I'm driving in my car, when a man come on the radio, he's telling me more and more about some useless information supposed to fire my imagination. I can't get no. Oh, no. No, no. Hey, hey, hey. That's what I say. I can't get no satisfaction. Is anyone else? No. I mean, this is so shallow. It's so shallow. Because I try and I try and I try and I try. I can't get no. I can't get no. When I'm watching my TV and a man comes on and tells me how white my shirts can be, but he can't be a man because he doesn't smoke the same cigarettes as me. I can't get no. Oh, no, no, no. Hey, hey, hey. That's what I say. Did you all know that, what the words were when you were singing it? I can't get no satisfaction. I can't get no girl reaction, probably because of your song. But because I try and try and try and try, I can't get no, I can't get no. When I'm riding around the world and I'm doing this and I'm singing that and I'm trying to make some girl who tells me, baby, better come back maybe next week. Can't you see me? I'm on a losing streak. I can't get no, 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 hey, hey. That's what I say. I can't get no satisfaction. Oh, my gracious. I can't even read anymore. I lost brain cells reading it. This is the shallowness of man. And I want to make this statement. I want you to pay real close attention to this. Happiness and satisfaction are not things to be pursued, but rather the result of pursuing the right things. You don't pursue happiness and satisfaction. You pursue Christ, and as a result of pursuing Christ, you get happiness and satisfaction. You will never find happiness if you're searching for happiness. 
Because you get one thing and that one thing will no longer satisfy you and you'll go on to another thing. We've all experienced it with our children at Christmas time. They open a present. Oh, it's the greatest thing. And then they go to the next present. And then they open a present. And they open a present. They open a present. They run through all the presents. And they're like, is there any more? And we laugh at them and we say, oh, they're just childish. But we do the same thing. We seek after this. If I could just have this. If I could just have that. It's clear by the lyrics of this song why they could never have satisfaction. They were looking in the wrong places and they were looking to the wrong people. If I just had a better spouse, I could be happy. No, your, ha- your spouse is not obligated to make you happy. As a matter of fact, your spouse can't make you happy. You're putting on a burden on that spouse that cannot be fulfilled by that spouse. Someone might say, if I had just a little bit more money or a better job, then I would be satisfied. No, no you wouldn't. The truth of the matter is, none of these things can bring us happiness. Think about this. Jesus didn't possess the creature comforts of the world. As a matter of fact, he didn't have a place, he didn't own a place to lay his head. And he found ultimate satisfaction, humanly speaking, he found the ultimate satisfaction in doing the will of the Father. He, he says, and I quote, My meat or my food is to do the will of the Heavenly Father. Satisfaction and happiness are results that come from above. They only come from a vibrant relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The way to have satisfaction is not to pursue satisfaction, but rather to pursue righteousness. And as a result, you will be satisfied. The word hungry is a verb. It literally means to be hungry. Have you ever really been physically hungry? Have you ever been so hungry that your stomach hurts and uh, your face is emaciated? And we all look at each other and say, nope. Never been that hungry. Most of us haven't. We have more food than we'd ever eat in, in, uh, in a lifetime. The word hunger is used as an expression of being needy. When you're physically hungry, you crave, you desire, and you need food. Your body can only live so long without food, and even less without water. You will die. Do you know that your spiritual life needs to be fed? And if it's not being fed, your spiritual life will dry up and wither. I'm not saying you'll lose your salvation. I'm saying that you spiritually will dry up. When you're spiritually hungry, you crave, you desire, and you need righteousness. You have an earnest desire to be filled Thirst here means to suffer thirst, to painfully feel your want, and to eagerly long for those things that refresh your soul, support and strengthen you. Have you ever been real thirsty? Where your tongue starts to swell up and your lips start to crack? Many of us 
really have never been that thirsty. Now, we've been thirsty. But we've never been thirsty to the point where we felt like if we didn't get water, we were going to die. These two words used together express the idea of earnestly desiring, just as a hungry and thirsty man desires food and drink, we desire righteousness. Now, we know that the Bible teaches that our righteousness is as filthy rags. But we're not talking about our righteousness. We're talking about His righteousness. Remember, when you and I believed in Jesus Christ, we, He took our sin and gave us His righteousness. His righteousness. So now we have His righteousness in us. And that is what is to grow in our lives. And that's what brings us happiness. Righteousness means holy and upright living, a conformity to God's standard. It is the state of us that we ought to be being right with God. When I get up in the morning, my chief aim is to pursue being right with God. I should hunger and I should thirst for being right with God. If you're a born-again believer and there's no desire in you to pursue righteousness, to pursue that relationship with Christ, something's wrong. There's something wrong. This matter, when Jesus stands and he looks at these people and he says, Blessed are those who are hunger, who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Jesus is telling them. Pursue God. Pursue God. Now as believers we would think that would be easy, right? I'm going to pursue God. But let me just tell you, there's none, the Bible says, that seeketh after God. God pursues us. And then when we enter by faith into a relationship with Him, it ought to be our heart's desire that we pursue Him, that we pursue fellowship with Him, we pursue growth with Him, we pursue knowledge of Him, And we pursue His glory because we're His. But I think sometimes we have more worldly desires. We would have rather have more worldly things, thinking that if we have more worldly things, that it would help us. In actuality, the more worldly things we have, the more trouble we have. I wish we could turn back time. I wish we could turn back time and we could eliminate the cell phone. I swear I do. I promise you I do. I wish we could eliminate it. You say, well, there's so much good. I don't don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that because there's so much bad and the bad far outweighs the good. It's a simple pursuit of God. Psalm 42, 1 and 2 says this, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come before God? When's the last time, just like that deer panted for the water, when's the last time my soul panted to fellowship, to worship, to love God? I can tell you about all the hours I've wasted on social media, television, telephone, and all that stuff. See, what happens is when my soul is not craving nourishment from above, my flesh is craving fleshly desires. 
And because my soul is craving fleshly desires, I don't pursue righteousness. It's a double-edged sword. Psalm 63.1 says, O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Do we hunger and thirst after God? Do I earnestly desire to know Him and to be in His Word? Have you ever realized that Sunday morning things tend to go wrong? Has anyone else ever noticed that? I mean, I was coming to church one Sunday and had a tie on and I was excited to, to preach and I looked down and there was something all over my tie. That was a simple fix. I could take it off. But there have been times when on Sunday morning everything has just fallen apart. And times like that the devil knows that when we get a little opposition, we can easily be discouraged. Do I hunger and thirst after God? Do I come Sunday morning expecting to meet with God? Longing to sing praise to Him? Excited just to be with God's people in His house? Singing praise to Him? Hearing the preached word of God? Paul wrote that his chief aim in life was to know Christ. To know the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything else he counted but dung or rubbish or refuge. I wish that were so in my life. It can be. Paul's no more special than anybody else. The only difference in Paul was he sought He pursued Christ. He went after Him. The Nelson Illustrated Commentary says this, Those who are poor and empty in their own spiritual poverty recognize the depth and the need of their hunger and thirst for that which only God can give them. It's only when we have that deep, hunger and thirst emanating out of our own understanding of our own spiritually poor hungry soul that we need it we need the nourishment that we can pursue him you know you have to eat every day well you're Baptist you don't know that I guess you you just do it because you're Baptist I mean it's inherently in you I suppose But you know that you need to eat. Because if you don't eat, you won't have nourishment. You won't make it. Why do we not know that we need to pursue Christ and to pursue God? Why do we not know that? I think we know it. But the matters of the flesh seem to take preeminence over our pursuit of knowing God. Let's talk about the satisfied soul. One cannot have satisfaction and happiness apart from Jesus Christ. Can't have it. There'll be moments of elation. There'll be times when you're having what you think is a good time. 
but you won't have true happiness, blessedness apart from Jesus Christ. Psalm 107.9 says, For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. There, he satisfies and fills. It is only, the psalmist says, because of him that he is satisfied and filled. It's not because of who I am and how good I am or how bad I am. That's not the issue. The issue is my pursuing. Am I pursuing a relationship with Him? That's the issue. Psalm 3410, The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Any good thing. We can pursue all kinds of things. We can pursue all kinds of things that we want to do, things we want to become. We can pursue anything we want to. We live in an age where literally you can find almost anything at the, with the push of one button. But none of that, none of that satisfies us. The woman who stands on her wedding day says, This is the guy that's going to make me happy. Ten years later, they're no longer together. Happiness, true happiness, doesn't come from anything on this earth. It comes from above. And we know this. Deep down inside, we know this. But we allow our flesh to override the spirit. So, so what? What does this mean? What, how does this apply to us? Well, first of all, what you pursue is what you become. Spiritually speaking, what you pursue is what you become. If you pursue worldly things, you will become worldly. If you pursue materialistic things, you will become materialistic. If you pursue godly things, you will become godly. We understand that, right? I mean, you get that? I mean, that's pretty basic. If I pursue worldly things, I'm going to become worldly. If I pursue materialistic things, I'm going to become materialistic. But if I pursue godly things, then I'm going to become godly. And we do want to become godly, don't we? I mean, I, I want to grow. I want to be more like Christ. If I'm going to become Christ-like, I need to pursue Christ. And if you pursue Christ and fellowship with Him and fellowship with God you will become more like Him. What are you pursuing? What am I pursuing? It's important that we answer that question. And Jesus is very clear as He stands on the mount there and He begins to tell them. And he opens up this sermon with the Beatitudes. Blessing, blessed, blessed. And this is why I say Jesus is telling us you don't have to wait to the millennial kingdom to have this happiness. You can have it now if you do the things that God blesses. And one of the things that God blesses is He blesses those who are hungry and thirsty for His righteousness. Number two, 
Satisfaction and happiness can only be found in conformity to God's will. If you're a born-again believer, you cannot be out of, will of, out of the will of God and be happy. It, I don't care what anyone tells you. How many PhDs they have behind their name. If you're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ and you're not in the will of God, you will never be happy. And it's no one else's fault. It is your own fault. And we don't want to confront our own uh, failures. And we don't want to confront our own fault situations. We want someone else to blame. It has to be someone else's fault. My Sunday school teacher is not teaching the best way. I'm just not getting anything at church. I'm just not growing. Listen, don't say that. That says more about you than it does about your Sunday school teacher, your preacher, or anything else. Because it's not our job. I deliver, as the old preacher said, I just deliver the letter. I'm the mail carrier. I just deliver the mail. Satisfaction and happiness can only be found in conformity to God's will. Are you in the will of God? Do you know the will of God for your life? It's part of pursuing Him. I've had on occasion sat before someone and their life has fallen to shambles and and they're talking to me and they're telling me all this stuff and all that's going on and I said, let me ask you a question. Did, Did you ever put the two and two together that the reason you're miserable is because you're not doing what God wants you to do? And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to help You can't live in opposition to God's will and be happy, be filled, be satisfied. It doesn't work. So what you pursue, you become. Number two, satisfaction and happiness can only be found in conformity to God's will. And number three, happiness is not a pursuit, but the result of pursuing righteousness. Let me put it to you another way. Jesus stands and he tells in the same sermon, later on in the sermon, he says this. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You don't have to worry about riches. You don't have to worry about wealth. You don't have to worry about your bill. You don't have to worry about what you've got to worry about is pursuing God. And he'll take care of everything else. But the problem is, church, we don't want to pursue God because we want to be in control. We want to tell God what we want God to do for us rather than surrendering to Him and let Him tell us what we need to do. The whole point of this, Jesus stands and says, you can be happy, but you're not going to be happy if you're chasing the things of the world. You ever notice that all the people in Hollywood that seem to have it all together and have all the money and have all the prestige and all the fame are the most miserable people on the face of the earth. You know why they're miserable? Because they're pursuing happiness. And they're in one relationship after another relationship after another relationship because they're they're, they're disguising their happiness. They get a momentary rush of flesh and then they think, when that wanes off, then I have to do that again and again and again. And it doesn't work. If you want to be miserable, pursue the things of the world, and you will be miserable. I hate when people stand up at graduations and tell these kids, 
You can do anything you set your mind to. That is a lie straight from the pit of hell. I know you want to be an encouragement, but we ought to just tell them the truth. We ought to tell them the truth. And the truth of the matter is, if you want fulfillment in life, if you want to be happy in life, you must pursue God. Go after Him with all your heart. Pray when you're driving down the road, when you're all alone, when you're rather bored and want to pick up the phone and call somebody. Why don't you dial up heaven and talk to the Father? Why don't you pursue God? Why don't you get in the book instead of reading a bunch of garbage, a bunch of gossip, and a bunch of other stuff that's on the, the internet, web, and all that stuff? Why don't you get in the Word of God? Pursue God. Go after Him. Go after Him. Man, you, you know what I'm talking about. You, you chased your wife for a long time before she said she'd go out with you. And finally she said she'd go out with you so you'd leave her alone. And then she, by then she felt sorry for you, and then she married you. And you think you won. You've wore out. Hey, pursue. How many of you were ever in basic training? What was your, now you, I, I get all kinds of answers to this. Most of the time, mail call was very important, right? Now they, now they get internet time. They don't have mail call. They get to go read emails. Isn't that ridiculous? But anyways, man, I remember mail call. You'd get, they'd call your name out and you'd get a card from home or a letter from somebody and you'd read it a couple times and you'd read it again. Was I the only one like that? I mean, it was like, you know, basic training was not a lot of fun. It was hard. Back then it wasn't. Now today, I mean, it's different. But anyways, you, you'd be excited about that. You, you were excited to hear, and you'd read that letter. You know, God's written us a love letter right here. And you and I can open this anytime, anywhere, and hear from our Heavenly Father. You can pursue God if you want to. The question is, do you want to? And so I would phrase the question like this. Do you want to be blessed? Do you want to be happy? Because you can be happy because Jesus tells you you can be happy. Jesus is not playing games. He's not going to tell you something. Be you can be happy if you can't be happy. He's going to tell you the truth. And he tells you how to be happy. And he says if you want to be happy, pursue God. How in the world could men be burned at the stake alive, be burned alive singing a hymn as they're dying because they pursued God? They pursued God. How could, how could the Apostle Paul, Paul, before he was Paul, was Saul. And he was rising in the ranks fast in Judaism. He was a Jew's Jew. Everyone looked up to him. He had power. He had money. He had everything. He met Jesus on the road to Damascus and it changed his life. And the Apostle Paul spent the better part of his adult life in prison and he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And he's the one that said, in all those conditions, I know how to live when I have a bunch and I know how to live when I have nothing. He said this. My chief aim in life is to know Jesus Christ and the suffering 
in, his res- in the power of his resurrection. Paul pursued Christ until the day he died. And he did so willingly. How could he do that? Because he was happy. Because he wasn't looking at the death, he was looking at Christ. And church, you and I can be happy. But you can't be happy doing it the world's way. You can't be running around tearing everybody down, running around gossiping about them and talking about them and spreading rumors about them and fighting with people. and, and <clears throat> do, you, you just stop. Stop. Back in August, Amy and I, were eight, we, we had the opportunity to go to the beach. And it was a pleasant, pleasant trip. No agenda. Had a room that faced the ocean in the morning. I could get up and this is something about beach air. I'm telling you, God put that in my soul. I don't know what it is. I love the beach. I love the beach. And all these people, oh, I'd rather have all. Wait, you can have that, but I love the beach. And uh, I'm, I'm thinking about and I'm reading this and I don't know anybody down there. I don't have to, I don't have to do anything. I could just pursue God. I could read multiple times during the day if I wanted to. I could walk on the beach and just talk to the Lord and people thought, well, this guy's probably crazy. And I am, but it's okay. Someone said, you're a nut. I am a nut, but I'm fastened to a good bolt. Amen, Jesus. That's right. But I so enjoyed that freedom to just do whatever. No, no restrictions. I could just pursue Christ. And man, it did my soul so much good. And we're so bombarded with the world. And we're so bogged down. And the more we know, the more we're bogged down. I didn't know where Brother Bill was going. He was telling me he was watching Fox News. I was like, I'm going to have to intervene here probably. And, uh, but I didn't know he was going to tell me about a bunch of people being saved. Praise the Lord. But, you know, I don't want a bunch of all this world problems. I want to pursue Christ. I want to pursue Christ. The world doesn't make me better. Christ makes me better. The world does nothing for me but add angst and add problems. Christ says, cast your burden on me. Christ says, tells me to yoke up with him. All who are uh, heavy laden, and he will give us rest. The world don't give you rest. The world gives you more anxiety. Christ gives you rest. So if you want to be happy and you want to be blessed, then we must hunger and thirst after righteousness. If we pursue God and His righteousness, He will fill us up. You know, it's kind of funny. In the physical world, when you get hungry, you eat and you get full and you don't want any more. You're like... Turkey day, you know what I'm talking about? Tryptophan in Turkey. You're like, oh, I'm laying down watching the, you know, watching the football game, and you're like, I can't move. I'm in a turkey and ba- you know, coma, induced coma. The funny thing about spiritual food, the more you get, the more you want. The more you read your Bible the more you want to read your Bible. I just finished the Psalms. Man, I was reading the Psalms. I, I, I was highlighting. I was afraid I was going to highlight the whole Bible. The whole, I didn't just highlight the whole Bible. You know what I mean? 
all the psalms and all the mercies of God and how his, his uh, steadfast love and his mercy endures forever and all these wonderful blessings. I'm reading and I'm thinking, I got to go, but I got one more, one more chapter, one more chapter, one more chapter. <clears throat> Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Do you hunger and thirst for him? If not, would you ask him tonight, Oh God, remove anything in my life that keeps me from hungering and thirsting after you and your righteousness. I want to pursue you, God. I want to pursue you. And right now, I'm going to do it the best way I can. I'm going to start right now pursuing you because I know that I can only be happy by doing it your way. And the poor Rolling Stones, they, 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 they never did get it. Never did get it. I was reading that today and I thought, do I really want to read that in church? This is so shallow. I can't get no, hey, hey, hey. You know, got that down. But I could imagine every grammar English teacher cringing when they hear the lyrics to that song. But let me tell you this, church. Pursue God. Go after him with all your heart. You will be glad you did. Can we bow for prayer?